welcome back to the Brave Collective. If you're new around here, this is a career building and leadership development podcast. My name is Danielle, and this week I want to talk about how to reframe our thinking so that insecurity doesn't hold us hostage, especially in our careers. But first, I want to say a huge thank you. I was blown away by the kind words and encouragement I received after putting out my first episode, and I feel like I have my own personal cheerleading squad, so thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you who reached out and listened and supported me. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's dive into episode two. I've always felt like somewhat of an outsider looking in. When I was about seven months pregnant with my firstborn, I remember going out to eat with my husband and watching another mother with two young children by her side. All I could think was, I don't fit in. I honestly believed I was an imposter. I'd never be that typical subscriber to the quote unquote mom club. I just didn't feel like I... Um, resonated with the same types of interests and um, things that other moms were doing. My friends, they couldn't wait to have children, and I was wondering if I was even going to like my baby enough. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I happen to like both of my children very much. My career has felt the same. I graduated college with honors, but as soon as I entered the working world, I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. I actually joked about staying in school and thought, man, if I could just get paid to go to school full time, that would be a great option. I have been in so many rooms where I felt I didn't belong. I've been disrespected as a woman, misguided by leaders, and experienced a lot of workplace trauma over the last decade. And as a result, I often felt like I was two steps or rather two leaps behind where I needed to be, where I should be, and how I saw where my peers were at in comparison to my own life. What I've learned though is that the feeling of being an outsider, that you don't belong, it only has as much power as you give it in your career, in your relationships, and in life. When we start to allow these lies to take up residence in our minds, we begin to entertain the validity in them. And there's a dangerous result in that. We end up holding back, we remain silent, and everyone ends up losing in that scenario. What's really happening here is that we are robbing ourselves as well as others. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. We rob ourselves because holding back and choosing to refrain eliminates our ability to exercise our voice, offer our opinion, and take an active role in the collaboration with others. And then we rob others because our opinions and the perspectives we hold are unique and they offer insight that no one else has ever even considered. You are the only person who has walked in your shoes, seen what you've seen and lived through what you've lived through. And because of that, you've been shaped by unique people, culture, conditions, and situations. 
So there is no one who has the same lens that you have. This is exactly why healthy organizations value diversity from leadership that starts at the very top. An organization that values age, race, gender, and cultural diversity is one that understands that diverse thinking will expand your boundaries like nothing else because you're inviting multiple viewpoints and perspectives into the conversation. Just like a body requires different but equally valuable parts working together for a greater cause, we should realize that our contribution is also unique and therefore it's valid and necessary. Okay, maybe you're thinking, but Danielle, you don't understand. Nobody cares what I have to say. And even if I do speak my mind, no one will listen. Okay, um, I'm going to just drop a, a truth bomb here for you. Whether or not you've been treated as if you belong or accepted by others is actually beside the point. What I'm talking about here is more of a posture of belonging, the way you carry yourself. It's a mind shift that has to take place in your own person regardless of your circumstances or what's happening to you. You may have everything stacked up against you, but at the end of the day, you're you and you're the only you this world will see. There's purpose in your existence. And because of that, like we talked about in our last episode, you belong. Maybe you don't struggle with the idea of belonging, but you feel insecure about your ability, about what people think of you, and in turn, you don't have a lot of confidence. First off, I want to assure you that you're not alone. We're going to unpack all of that and more throughout this season, I promise. But for right now, I have a word for you on insecurity. Insecurity is often rooted in fear, and fear slows us down or worse, keeps us stuck in our careers and and leadership growth. It's critical that we not allow insecurity to be the dictator of our choices. Otherwise, it becomes the way we carry ourselves, just an insecure person. Imagine this. You've been told your entire life that you'll never amount to anything, that you might as well put your head down and do as you're told. Forget dreaming. Your life is essentially the sum of what happens to you. You grow up believing, believing that to be true. And as you mature and experience challenges, you continue to feed that lie, the one that said you'll never amount to anything. I know this is kind of a dark example, but it's one that I think many of us can relate to on some level. But if, if this is me in the scenario, I see two ways forward. I can continue to believe and feed that lie and decide that I'm a victim, or I can play offense. I can choose a new narrative. I can decide that the fear that's feeding my insecurity is based on a lie. We have to finally start answering back to those voices in our heads. We have to choose to do things a little or a lot scared. We have to decide that even if it looks different than everyone else, we're going to do it anyway. We have to decide that even if nobody else in the room looks like us, we're going to walk in there with confidence, knowing our voice adds value. So let's stop apologizing for who we are or what we lack 
so that we can bravely step towards our potential. This is the first step in facing your insecurity head on. And I want to remind you that you have what it takes. If you have even just a small amount of doubt about your place and position in this current landscape of your life, my hope and prayer is that the doubt that weighed you down is starting to feel a little lighter. I hope you're starting to expand your thinking beyond what you have what you believe to be limits and start wondering what if? What if you have what it takes after all? Perhaps you're starting to come around to the idea that not only do you belong, but what you have to offer is of prodigious value. When you walk into a room, you carry advantage with you. When you confidently ask questions or push back in meetings, you offer a perspective that hasn't been considered. When you raise your voice in a discussion, you add needed insight, thought, or a unique angle to the conversation that challenges others to think beyond their limited scope. When you start to own your voice and the value it brings, your capabilities become limitless. Remember the story I told you in the first episode about the opportunity I was working so hard to get noticed for, only to realize a promotion wasn't just going to get handed to me? Well, here's what happened when I finally decided to look past the problem, get over my insecurities, and essentially take matters into my own hands instead of waiting around for someone else to do it. First, I decided what I wanted and had added clear definitions around that. I knew I wanted to be recognized. I knew I wanted a promotion and I knew I wanted a pay increase, but I had to determine specifics around those things. I wasn't really sure what to ask for just yet. And if I was going to claim that I was being underpaid, then I needed evidence to prove it. So I set out to do some research I researched the mid to high salary range in the industry within my geographic. I reached out to our HR department to study my job description as well as that of my predecessor, and I started writing a proposal that clearly outlined what I was asking for, backing that up with my research findings and tangible examples as to why this was a reasonable ask and one that would essentially add value to the company. It took me a full two days to put this together, and when I was done, I actually sent the entire thing to our HR director before anyone else. I had two reasons for doing this. First, I wanted someone to validate my ask. You see, if I was coming in too low or too high, I wanted to know. Second, I needed just another pair of eyes, Someone who was ahead of me, who knew the requirements and whether or not they aligned with my skill set, and someone who could identify any holes in my petition or kind of flag some things that maybe I should be aware of. You'll never believe what happened next. Not only did our HR director affirm my position, she sat me down and told me that months before it had been recommended by her department that it was in the organization's best interest that I receive a promotion and a bump in salary because the role had not been fulfilled and I had taken on most of those responsibilities. 
The response she received to that recommendation was this, Danielle lacks the strategic capabilities to fulfill this position at this time. Okay, first of all, (laughs) I was so grateful that I had found a trusted confidant that was willing to share this information with me. But second of all, I was furious. I was furious and so defeated. You see, up until this point, I had been begging for resources and additional support to my leaders because our current team couldn't sustain the pace and it really allowed for no room um, to be strategic, which was an essential component to the success of the role. Interestingly enough, strategic thinking and planning were actually some of my biggest strengths and capabilities. So to be um, flagged as someone that didn't have that or hold that skill was incredibly um, heartbreaking, defeating, and just it just knocked me down, to be honest. At the time, I felt this defeat in my bones, and I actually took it personally. Looking back in hindsight, though, I don't believe this was personal. I know, at least in my situation, that there wasn't some vendetta against me or that someone had it out for me. I don't believe the organization was trying to shortchange me or take advantage of me. But that doesn't change the fact that those things did happen. I was taken advantage of. My time, my resources, and my loyalty were severely mistreated. And my inability to discern the dysfunctional dynamics of it all at the time meant I didn't have the ability to foresee it until it was too late, until I was already in it and it was happening to me. And when I finally did see it, you better believe I fought back. More on that story later. See, if you care about your career, my guess is you can relate to this story. You likely have a story similar to mine where an injustice took place. And when you finally realized, you were outraged, confused, and defeated. Defeat is the hardest to deal with. Because when the dust finally settles, the outrage softens a bit, the confusion hopefully clears up some, but you're still left with defeat and defeat is lonely and heartbreaking. Here's the thing about injustice and defeat though. The very best lessons I've learned have been on the other side of defeat. The span of time I spent at this organization was one of significant growth that not only taught me how to navigate some of the tougher challenges women are experiencing today in their careers, it was the catalyst for my own successful career path, and it paved the way for me to mentor others in their job challenges along the way. You see, when we combat injustice, we often awaken a passion for change that puts us on a path towards greatness. While it may be soul-crushing while you're going through it, remember that your greatness, it's on the other side of this hard. But how do we get there? How do we get through something so defeating so we come out the other side smarter, more discerning, and further along than when we started? I am so glad you asked. You see, the purpose of this podcast is to empower you to move toward your leadership potential. And that starts with leading well right where you are. This is a twofold approach. 
It starts with knowing and owning your value, which, as we've discussed, can be a total mind shift and really has to do with reframing the way we think and, in turn, reframes the way we act. But it doesn't stop there. The next step after owning your worth is acting like a leader even if you don't believe you're in a position to lead. It doesn't actually matter if you hold a position of leadership. It's about stepping into leadership behaviors now. Believing in yourself and all the incredible capabilities you offer aren't going to change the fact that you will face many challenges along the way. But the good news is you can lead well, even through your challenges, regardless of where you sit on the org chart. You can lead up, down, and sideways. You can lead at home, in the office, or on the school board. You lead through influence, which means everything you do and say impacts your leadership capacity. If this sounds like a daunting task, sit tight. For the next few episodes, we're going to look at what it takes to lead well at every level and how the posture of leadership will help you stand out in your company, help you define your career goals, and identify your boundaries so you can better navigate challenges ahead. More on that in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you liked what you heard, reach out and let me know. I would truly love to hear from you. Also, like, subscribe, and consider sharing with someone who you think might need these words. It would mean the world to me. I'll see you next time.